Benjamin Franklin said, an investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing how we need to make an investment in Colorado's education. Hi, my name is Spring Erickson, and this is a season of change with Spring. This podcast has been developed to speak to the political issues I see we face in Colorado and why I am running for the Colorado State House District 48. It is produced by myself and the Spring Erickson for House District 48 Committee. And as with all political messages these days, my name is Spring Erickson and I approve this message. Now that the legal stuff has been observed, let us return back to today's podcast. Welcome back to our little podcast together. Um, as it is almost September, and we're or September, depending on when you're listening to this, I thought we would do a little series on education and going back to school. Um, as you may have heard in my introduction to the uh, to the podcast, I was someone who worked in a school setting in a support capacity for the last ten years as a substitute teacher, and before that. I worked in other areas of education, such as GED teaching at night and working at an, at several different schools, schools as a substitute teacher while I went to graduate school on my own. So education is kind of at the heart of everything I do. Um, and it probably starts back all the way at the beginning for me. Um, as a child, uh, my mother figured it out before the school did that I had dyslexia and that it would take me a little bit more in my educational training to be able to do the things that kids found natural. So my mother worked with me very diligently because the school at the time didn't really know in the back in the eighties, really didn't know what to do with kids with dyslexia. It was just, you had to work harder and we didn't have all the programs they have now, which is fantastic for kids. Um, and I think it's because that we didn't have it and, um, other kids had struggled and then they came to become these huge, beautiful saints of special education that could teach kids to read or become a dyslexic coach or other special needs teachers that we've needed along the way that aren't just for one classroom, but for every classroom. And so all of that takes money. And that is the biggest factor in education that I think we sometimes lack to talk about, but yet it is the big elephant in the room or gorilla in the room, depending on how you want to put it. For me, education has no measurable cost in terms of like what you get out of it. Um, yes, it's expensive to get into it, but it no one can take away the ability to learn from you once you have the skill set necessary to be able to learn that information. And yes, it costs money. And yes, teaching costs money. And we do not pay enough. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I begin, though, I'd like to start out with explaining where it kind of starts. We in Colorado have kind of always been blessed because we knew that we are one of the top 10 dates for education 
actually, I looked it up in 2021 in the Denver Post, a group called Wallet Hub actually had done the math this time around and figured out that Colorado is the fifth most educated state in educational attainment, school quality, achievement gaps for between gender. So we rank 13th for high school diploma holders. We are first with associate degrees and college experience. We are second in bachelor degree holders. We're eighth in professional degrees, such as lawyer, doctor, minister, anyone who has a degree that would be considered graduate school. Um, and you can get those for every single major. Uh, so a master's PhD, right? And we are first in what they call the gender gap bridge for educational attainment, meaning that there are the pretty much the exact same amount of people, male and female, getting those degrees, which is fabulous. Congratulations to us. I mean, there's only four states better than we are, and they're Massachusetts, Maryland, Connecticut, and Vermont. So basically, New England. That's kind of a cool answer when you think about it. Also, I've done some research about the other part, the public education. The U.S. Census just came out, and actually this came out today, September the 1st. And the census report ranks Colorado in the lower third for per pupil spending in public school. We rank 39th of the 50 states and D.C. on average. Colorado spends $9,575 per student in a public education. And the national average is $11,762 per student. So we have a huge gap that we need to fill. Now, if you want to go through this and break down the numbers, and I'm sure that some of you are a little more number orientated than I am, but I will try because this is, I'm going to get it all out, all of the wonky jargon that we need to know so that we can have this discussion up front, and then we're going to have the discussion. But if you take that $9,575 that Colorado spends on a student, it breaks up this way. We spend $5,423 for instruction, meaning books, classrooms, buildings, things like that, that actually house the student for the eight hours a day and helps them and the resources needed in the classroom. The books, the computers, the programs, the everything that a kid needs that the school pays for is out of that $5,223. And I'm not talking crayons and pencils and copy paper and all that because a lot of schools have even gotten to the point where now parents have to supplement a ream of, of printer paper to every classroom. It, it gets to be ridiculous. I get it. You're screaming at, at your podcast right now. I understand that you just don't feel like that $5,000 is being spent. And I understand that. Bear with me. For a teacher salary, every per pupil funding, we take $3,758 out for, for instructional salary. Now, instructional salary means not only are you paying for, if you're an elementary schooler, not only are you paying your teacher, you are paying the entire school's teachers and the lunch lady 
and the substitute teacher and the paras and all of the people who work with the students. Instructional salaries mean every single person who helps a student. All right. One, when oh, I forgot the janitors and the bus drivers. Don't forget those people because they are a very important group. All right. Now, we have $1,069 that goes into benefits, meaning goes into para from every student so that we can then have retirement for teachers and bus drivers and substitute teachers and para professionals and anyone who works with a student. Okay? That's a lot of people if you think about it. Then you have $149 for general administration, meaning, eh, you know, the building, the buses, the, you know, general administration, athletic directors, um, those kind of things, right? But really, then you have the $695, which goes to school administration, which I'm going to assume... School administration, meaning principals, vice principals, and the superintendent of the school districts. Which, when you break it down that way, it doesn't sound as bad. But it's still pretty bad. And I understand that. And a lot of people, this is the part that everyone gets really frustrated. And I'm sorry if you heard that. That was my keyboard dropping. But um, that is the part that we have to remember. School's expensive. I get it. School is expensive. And it just keeps getting expensive. And we also have fees and all those things because like my niece going back to high school this year, we had to dole out another $200 for student fees for her to be in drama club and, and her being in catering so that they could buy the food to, to cook during the class and, and those kind of things that have to be paid out on top of, and you know, notebook paper, pencils, backpacks, lunch bags, you know, all of that. School is expensive. I get that. But when you really think that we are not spending that, I mean, we are not spending as much as other states. And, and I'm, I know you all can think of the states that spend the money. New York, Florida, Louisiana. These guys spend eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars $19,000 per pupil. And we spend nine. All right. Texas. Okay. So the Census Bureau also reports that the state of Colorado lags the national average in the share of public school revenue, which means the money that comes from the state that helps to fund the public education in your town. We are about 43% versus the national average of 47%. So we lag behind also in how we get federal revenue for, for public schools from the federal government to the state by about 1%. So we don't get a whole lot of money to the school districts from the state. We don't get a lot of money from the feds to the schools. So it, it, and you're kind of going, that doesn't make any sense, does it, Spring? It doesn't. And let me explain. So that $9,000 that you see as a per pupil number basically comes from more than 50% of local funding revenue meaning property tax, city taxes, depending on where you live. It can also mean things like other sources of income that the school have, like grants from national government or federal government. Um, it could be grants from the state, 
that don't have to be part of the local or the state funding to the school. We have a lot of great grant writers in a lot of the school districts here in, in District 48. Um, they do amazing jobs to even go out and get corporate funding for the schools through different programs. Um, but also, especially in District 48, most of the school districts in District 48 have mineral rights, meaning oil and gas rights under the, under the ground, under the schools. And that money actually helps to fund the public education. It also causes a problem for most of our school districts. And, and I highly encourage you, if you are one of these parents in a school district here in, in District 48, to call your school district and ask them about it. But um, a thing that the state makes our school districts do is through a group program called the Based Stabilization Rate. The Base Stabilization Rate. And this is kind of an interesting thing. The base stabilization rate, or BS factor, as our school districts like to call it, uh, comes into all of the school districts throughout the entire state of Colorado. And it says, trying to be equitable, that the state per pupil funding has to be determined by how much money a school district is actually procuring on their own through these other sources of revenue besides the local property tax. So a place like, let's use for example, Weld Central, which is the RE3J school district where I live, they are actually holding oil rights. And so they have to pay the state back money from the from the per pupil funding that they receive from the state if the mineral right money goes over a certain percentage of the budget of the school it's weird it's got a whole lot of numbers on it and it's kind of dumb in my opinion this is something I would love to work on in the state house. I'd love to drop this base stabilization rate because not only do they they take money away from rural schools where we actually may have oil rights because there is oil under the land and now the state is trying to ban the mining and the fracking and the procurement of oil and natural gas from our land. They're taking the money away from us because we have the oil and the natural gas. So now you've basically defunded through a back door public education in agricultural based schools, which in my opinion is crap. <laughs> and excuse my language if that offended you, but it's true. I want to see my kids at Valley High School, the ones I worked with for 10 years, thrive. And I want to see their kids thrive in our school. And I want to see my niece's school here in Weld Central thriving, not, not stagnating because the state of Colorado wants to be paid back because we have oil. And then we're going to stop the oil. I mean, that doesn't even make sense to me. It just blows my mind. And I'm a Democrat. 
how do you even go in and take away the money after you gave it to them and tried to help them? And then because they can't purchase salaries of teachers properly, they just don't have the education base, which will be something we will talk about in later podcasts, that you then hit the school again and take more per pupil funding because they're not meeting your unrealistic test scores. This is the stupidest thing we've ever done in Colorado. I mean, for being the fifth most educated state in Colorado, meaning most of the people in the state legislature, and I'm hoping I'm one of them in November, have at least a bachelor's degree from a college, not alone, let alone a professional degree, either a master's or a PhD in whatever they chose to study, they don't want to fund education properly. And I feel like that is something we need to do immediately. We need to fund education to the hilt, to every single dollar we can. Not just, oh, it's a back burner thing in the budget. It needs to be like top priority number two if you have to. I mean, I think healthcare should be number one so everyone can have healthcare and they can go to the doctor when they're sick. And number two, I think we need to educate our children because if we don't put the investment in into their brains, they cannot be productive members of society. And I'm not talking about the stuff that is left up to the school districts to like do like picking curriculum and that kind of stuff. I am talking about we need to give the school districts the tools of resource to be able to fund the education necessary to get our kids to the 21st century, which we're already in, by the way. I'd like to say we really need to get them to the 22nd century, but these kids will live their entire lives in the 21st century. So let's stick with the 21st century, but we need, we need to get the education to where we know the world is going. And if we don't know where it's going, then we need to pick a direction. And that is going to be up to the school boards and the state legislature. We have a huge amount of Democrats and Republicans that both say they know what education needs. And I am one of them. I will admit to it when you hear my next podcast about what we need in schools I'm pretty clear on what we need, but right now, what the state of Colorado can do for schools is to fund them and fund them well. One of the greatest things I think we need to fund is special education. It takes more than $3,759 for a special education program per pupil. And I know there aren't a whole lot of pupils in special education, but we need to fund them better so that every kid, whether their ability, can thrive at their potential. And that is the most important thing we can do. As Benjamin Franklin said, investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. We as a state need to put in that investment. Thanks for joining me today on our podcast. If any of this information has piqued your interest into me as a candidate, we'd love to invite you to visit our website at springco48.com. 
You can also join us on our social media community on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at SpringCO48. Thank you again for joining me for Season of Change in Colorado with Spring. Once again, I am Candidate Spring Erickson. I approve this message. May you plant the seeds of change in your own community. Take care, and we will see you next time.